Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. Yeah, appreciate Pastor Gigi and Selena and different ones who have been so uh, instrumental in uh, with our kids and uh, uh, just ministering to them. It's such a, a blessing to be able to do that. Uh, for you guys that don't know, we've started using a, a, a new curriculum for our beach kids. Um, and so uh, this month we've been going through uh, just events that have happened in the life of the Apostle Paul. And so... Uh, we're, uh, we're working through that uh, together, uh, and so we're excited that they're going to be doing that. Um, we'll get into uh, the, uh, the next month with uh, the next session, but it's an awesome time. So they've been, the kids have been enjoying singing songs and dancing and learning about the Lord, and so it's been an awesome opportunity to be able to do that. And so we're excited to do that. If you have any kids that are, that are interested, um, we'd love for them to, to come and enjoy our time together. We're actually praying about... Uh, opening up to uh, some more uh, ministry on Sundays uh, with some of our, our teenagers as well. And so we're praying about that as as well uh, during this hour. And so if you could be praying with us about that, that would be uh, that would be a blessing to us. And we'd be very thankful for that. So uh, we want to continue to honor the Lord with our time together today. Um, you guys know we've been going through a healthy series as a church. We've gone through healthy church, healthy home. Uh, and so we're taking a break uh, until September on the Healthy Series. And so we're going to be um, going through a summer series together um, this week and then the remaining weeks uh, going into uh, September uh, that are going to be uh, covering uh, kind of just uh, this, this idea uh, in relation to things in our world. And so uh, we're going to title it, Someone Has to Say It. Someone Has to Say It. Um, and so we're going to be looking at this not from the perspective of someone who is uh, angrily uh, just lashing out at people uh, as, as if some, somebody needs to, to open their eyes to this. We're going to let God's word lead us. We're going to let God's words order our steps. And we're going to hopefully uh, gain some, per, some godly perspective on how God wants us to, to live our lives and how God wants us to operate uh, in this life for him, for his glory. And so someone has to say it. Uh, and so that's going to be the title of our, uh, our, our series here this summer. And so we hope that you guys will stay with us as we go through that uh, and that we won't say or do anything that will upset you too much. Um, if anything, it'll, it'll probably uh, hopefully just challenge us all to live for the Lord um, and to, to focus our hearts on him more. So can we pray together before we get into it? Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us the privilege to study your word. God, I pray that you would just continue to order our steps, continue to open our eyes. Lord, we recognize that all scripture has been written for our learning. And so we pray that you would grant us to hear the words today. And as we read them, Lord, to mark them, to learn them, God, and to inwardly digest them in our hearts in our lives, so that we can continue to find comfort from your holy word, God, that you can continue to lead us and guide us, and we can hold fast to the blessed hope that we have, 
of eternal life. And so we thank you today for this privilege, and may you be glorified in everything that's said and done. We honor you today, and may you continue to be lifted up in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so the first thought that we want to discuss in this summer series, someone has to say it, is this uh, reality that our feelings don't supersede what's written. Now, what I mean by that is, is what is written in God's word. It's a very important dynamic in the life of a believer for them to understand how God's word is supposed to have primacy in our lives. It's one of the, the foundational truths of being a Christian is that we recognize that our lives are surrendered to the authority of God's word. And our feelings don't supersede that. And it's a dangerous place to be if we find ourselves thinking that we love God, but we have little regard for the words that he spoke. And so we don't want to be that way. We don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we say we love God and we're, we feel like we're in a great place with God, but we selectively uh, choose what we wish to humble ourselves and surrender ourselves to when it comes to his word. And I'll be the first one to tell you guys this morning, I don't like what is in the Bible. I wish it wasn't there. I wish it wasn't there. And I've said that to people so many times. I wish it wasn't there either. But as a Christian, I've surrendered my life to the authority of God's word. And I can't uh, claim to, to be a follower of him while rejecting the anchor that we're supposed to have in our lives. Right? Because the word is supposed to be that foundation in our lives that keeps us grounded when the storms of life come. And I remember we've been through storms. I've been in courtrooms with people dealing with psychos. I've been, I've been, with, I've been in hospitals. I've been, I've been in homes. I've been in places where people have had all they could stand on was the word of God. And they had to just keep their faith in him because they didn't know how they were going to work through a situation. They didn't know how they were going to, to, to overcome it. But because they had built their lives on the Lord, they were able to endure it and they were able to overcome it because their house was built on the rock. And so our feelings can't supersede what's written because there's something that we're going to learn today and be reminded of about our feelings. Our feelings are just that. They're just feelings. They're thoughts. They're, they're, they're things we see with a certain perspective at a time. There are ideas we have uh, in the moment that might not necessarily be what we, we think they are, but that's what we're feeling in the moment. And so we got to be careful that we don't let our feelings become the most important thing that we look at or think about or, or what we focus on. And in doing that, we're going to look at some practical ways that God's Word encourages us to see how we should live our lives and how we should walk in a way that brings Him honor and glory. And so the first truth we see to remind us of this reality that our feelings don't supersede what's written is found in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. This, this series of Proverbs, these wise sayings that have been put together in a series of books in wisdom poetry style, in, in the style of, uh, of, of what we see Solomon's writings being iconic of. But this ancient literature, this literary style, these poems have been passed down and these, these truths have been passed down. So Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, it says, The way of a fool is right in his own opinion, but the one who listens to advice is wise. Right? The way of the fool is right in his own opinion, but the wise person listens to advice. Now that's important because we have to ask ourselves at times in life, uh, whose ears or who, what voices are we listening to in our lives? Do, are we listening to the voices that are going to tell us what we want to hear? 
Are we listening to people who are going to give us sound counsel? That may or may not be something we want to hear, but it's something that will give us a better perspective on what we're thinking and what we're going through. Those, those ideas are important to think about because when we think that we are right in our own eyes, if we think our way is right and we are unwilling to listen to anyone, but we know that we're right, we find ourselves in a dangerous position of being so foolish that we will walk right off of, uh, of the, the ledge of life of where we're going because we are not focused on the right things. And so the way of the fool is right in his own opinion, but the one who listens to advice is wise. The second thing we need to want to look at today in thinking about this is our feelings are valid, right? So when someone says your feelings matter, it's true, right? If somebody is feeling a certain way, we shouldn't disregard how they're feeling. Feelings matter. But feelings can't always be reality. They're not, right? If I feel like my life is crumbling around me, it's possible that the circumstances surrounding my life have made it to where I feel like it's crumbling around me. But it's not really crumbling around me. It's just a feeling. And so if I base my life off those feelings, then I could be in a very difficult place. But if I build my life on the truth of God's word, then I can cling to it when I don't feel like things are going the way that I think they should. And that's the blessing of having an anchor point. Because here's what happens. Not only do our feelings uh, get in the way sometimes, but our senses can deceive us. Right? You guys ever done the smell test before? Right, we do smell tests on all kinds of things. Right? Is this clean? Not clean? Um, should, can I wear this again? Yeah, I'll wear this again. Uh, we, we smell food, right? You guys ever opened up a container in the refrigerator like, does this smell fresh or should I throw this away? Right? And the fur on it wasn't an indicator, so we still want to smell it to make sure that it's okay, right? I probably should throw this out. I think I should throw this out. But, you know, when, 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 when a lot of people started to, to lose some of their, their, their senses, right, their smell, their taste uh, during COVID, it made it difficult at times to know what you were, right? So I have this weird thing now where I, I, I don't trust my nose when I smell milk. So I'm always asking Selena, you smell this. I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm smelling it, but I can't, I can't be trusted anymore. And so I know that my senses sometimes will deceive me. I smell, that smells great. But then it could be sour, and, and everybody else is like, oh, my goodness, right? And nobody hates uh, anything more than sour milk, right? You pour it in a bowl of cereal, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is sour. Uh, that'll change your life. Um, but our senses can deceive us if we're not careful. And so some people could be, you know, really in tune with their senses and think that if they feel something, then it must be that way. But we have to recognize that our senses can deceive us. We may see or think or feel or think something is happening a certain way, but it really isn't. It's just what we're going through in the moment. And so Proverbs continues to give us wise counsel and challenging us with this reality to not be wise in our own estimation, to fear the Lord and turn away from evil. You see, when we have people in our lives that we can cling to and we can hold on to it helps us to understand that we can get advice from them and what does that look like what does sound counsel look like does sound counsel look like us surrounding ourselves with people that think like us that walk like us that talk like us that have the same perspective on life that we do so that when we come to them for counsel we know that they're going to primarily 
counsel us the way that we would want to be counseled because they think like us. And so uh, is that sound counsel or is sound counsel us putting together a team of people uh, may think like us, but others uh, may not think like us. Others may not be from the same perspective, have the same perspective. They may not come from the same culture, the same upbringing. And so we have different people from different walks of life who can challenge us in different ways. And so does that sound counsel? You guys have to make that choice. I submit to you that sound counsel is surrounding your life with people that have a different perspective than you, that maybe have gone through some things that you haven't, um, who can help you understand some things, or people who might not think everything the same way that you do, but they can challenge you and they can help you grow, and that'll give you a better perspective. But you guys have to, you guys have to make that decision. Do I want to surround my life with voices of people that tell me everything I want to hear? Or do I want to surround my life with people who are going to challenge me? Because our life is about evaluation. Life is always about tests and objectives and getting through those. And if we find ourselves avoiding all that, because let's be honest, we are, by nature, people of comfort. Right? Most of us have a particular expectation when we walk into establishments. Right? So say you came to church this morning. Imagine if we had taken down all the pews, all the chairs and tables out of here, we had turned the air conditioner off. All the lights are off. We didn't have any food in the fellowship hall, in the hub. And we told you guys, we were like, listen, y'all get in here. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going we're gonna to stand around or lay on this car- concrete floor, and we're going to talk about Jesus. And we're not feeding y'all because you need to get your own food and figure it out for yourself, right? You guys would probably be a little surprised and probably go, you know, that church down the street, man, they're offering Corvettes. They're offering iPads. They're, they literally have a stairwell, stairway to heaven. So I, I, I want to go over there because it's just better over there, right? So I'm not saying that because these things are bad. I'm thankful that we have volunteers that cook and people who provide and for the faithfulness that allows us to have all these wonderful things in our church. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but, but I say that because we are all conditioned to, to, to kind of seek after those, those times of comfort. We do it in our lives, right? Uh, we seek after things that are going to be the easiest path, right? The most pragmatic. We, we don't necessarily want to do the difficult things. Uh, we'd rather uh, do what's easiest, right? What's most pragmatic in our lives. And so that's a dangerous place to be if we correlate that to uh, growth opportunities in our lives. So like if we have somebody in our lives that are, that are, that can challenge us, then if we recognize that for what it is, that person can cause us to grow, to be a better person. They can cause us to grow because they give us a different perspective, and we can learn something. Did you know that you're never too old to learn something? Right? I don't care what the phrases are. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You're never too old to learn something. Right? And we can learn something from anyone. Anyone. And so we, we have to recognize that it requires us to develop a culture and an understanding in our lives that we can't just take what we think and think that that's right, and everybody has to convince us otherwise. Right? We can't have, and this is, this is speaking from somebody who was in, intently focused on this reality, and Selena will tell you this. Uh, in times of our relationship, I used to say, I said a lot of dumb things in our lives, but, but one of the many dumb things I said was, I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong unless you prove to me I'm wrong, right? What a dummy, right? But that was ignorance, right? And most of the time when we speak or we do things, we do so out of ignorance. 
It's not because we're necessarily trying to be uh, evil or have any malicious intent. Most of the time, we speak out of ignorance. And so, as the Lord has been gracious to me and has opened my eyes to things, I've realized that my default in any situation can't be, well, I'm right, and somebody needs to convince me that I'm wrong. Otherwise, I'm going to stay in this position of being right, and everybody else is going to be wrong. I have actually found greater comfort in my life starting every position going, I might be crazy. Can you tell me if I'm crazy or not? Let me just tell you this. You tell me if I'm crazy or not, right? That's a safer place for me to live in my life than for me to go, I'm right, and I know everything, and somebody else needs to convince me that I'm wrong, right? Because that's kind of what a fool does, right? A fool thinks their own opinion is, is always what's most important, right? Me, myself, and I. Well, I, I collected with the group and collaborated, and we came to a, a, a consensus that my way is the best way, right? It was so bad that when I lived in Ohio, they used to say it's either the Brock way or the highway. Um, I didn't like that phrase, but, but it was catchy. Um, <laughs> but I have to realize, and we all have to get to that point, it doesn't matter how intelligent or how much knowledge we have, we can't be so full of our own thought and our own intellect that we aren't willing to say, you know what, maybe I, maybe I, I need to, to pull back and make sure I'm evaluating this correctly, right? We can't be ignorant enough by thinking that we're wise in our own estimation. Let me give you another example. I was preparing for uh, the campus at Seapoint because we're starting uh, classes August 21st. And so I was over there and I was helping them uh, get things together on campus. And they had four or five couches that were in bad shape. Like they weren't even the type of couches that you would want to, to, to donate or to give to someone who was in need. They were just bad couches, right? And the church just wanted them to get out, right? So we were trying to figure out the best way of doing things, right? And this was an example of where if you just think in your own mind what is a good idea, uh, you could find yourself in a very difficult situation. But I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at this place, and they have huge windows, right? We're on the second floor. They have huge windows. And I'm thinking, man, this is so awesome. And they're newer windows, too, even though the church was built in 1925. They're newer windows. So I'm thinking, I'm measuring the windows. I'm measuring the couches. And then the wheels start to turn. I'm like, oh, I got an idea, right? So I say, man, I'll take these windows out, right? And I'll throw these couches out the window. But I didn't act on it right away. I, I talked to a couple other people. I didn't have many options there because there were only a few people there, but one of them was an engineer, and he looked at it, and we together thought, well, let's get some rope, right? So, so we got some rope, uh, and mind you, this was high-quality rope, $1.25 at Dollar General, right? This is the best rope we could get, right, for the, for the place we're at. So we got this rope, and we are, we, we're, we're tying these couches, right? So the first couch went down awesome, right? And, and so even worse than that, we had somebody underneath of us that was helping. God, this is, this story is getting worse and worse, right? We're having somebody guide us so to make sure that the couch doesn't swivel or anything like that, right, and hit the church or anything, right? So they're standing there kind of helping, guiding it down. So the first one went, went down without issue, right? We're thinking, oh, this is great. We got the system. We had handles on the rope. And then the second couch uh, we put, the, put in there was a little heavier. Uh, it got through the window, no problem. We even had cardboard that was sliding on. We thought we were, like, really on something, right? So we get down, and right as the couch is, is freed from uh, the window, when it's hitting there, we're holding it, and the, and, and the rope breaks. Would you know it, right? The rope broke, and we were like in horror because we thought the person who's underneath of us, we don't know if he's hurt or if something's going on with him, right? So we were just kind of pausing because there's the window. We're back here, and, he's, and he finally he's like, I'm okay. It's good. Everything's great. And we were like, oh, right? So at that point, you guys think we would have said, you know what? 
We'll change it up. Well, we did change it up. I told uh, the gentleman that was up, up there helping me and the uh, one that was down there, I was like, listen, you just stand back a little bit. Uh, when I throw this stuff out the window, you guys would just pick it up and throw it in the dumpster. So then I just started throwing the stuff out of the window. And there were less people involved, less moving parts, and everything worked out great. But when you talk about bad ideas, right? Had I just done that without thinking it through, as bad as you guys think that was, that was probably the best idea that we could have done in that circumstance with those couches. But had I not had talked about it and, and worked through it, uh, it would have been an even worse idea because I would have just done it without thinking and could have hurt something, broke something, damaged something. That's what happens when we don't invite other people to, to help us walk through life. If we think we have all the answers and we think we're the ones that are doing everything, that's what Proverbs is teaching, right? Don't be wise in your own estimation. Fear the Lord and turn away from him. And this is why that's important. It's important because our perspective can be filtered through only what we see. Right? If I'm feeling a certain way or if I'm thinking a certain way or if I'm seeing something a certain way, then my perspective is always filtered that way. And it's important, right? So we have phrases in our world that's called, that says perception is reality. But we have to bring some context there because that doesn't mean that our perception is the reality. It means that our perception is our reality. It's what we know to be true. It's what we feel because that's how we see it. And that's why we need to have other people in our lives that can, we can bounce that perspective off of. We can, we can bounce that perception off of because if we just go off of what we think, our senses, can you imagine how, how crazy life could be? Just to give you another example. Imagine you came in here, right, and somebody hadn't had their coffee yet, and maybe they didn't have their, their hearing aid in that day, or, or they just didn't hear you, right, because they were busy doing something else. And you said hi to them, right? Uh, and, 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 and they didn't say hi back to you. If you let your senses just overwhelm you in that moment, you could easily go, you know what? I knew that person didn't like me. I knew they had a problem with me. You know what? I'm sick and tired of coming here and always feeling that way. I'm leaving. All because you perceive something a certain way. And you're perceiving it from the position of you know it's true, but you don't even, you, you don't even fully know what what all is going on there, right? And that may sound comical, guys, but do you know that the bulk of relationships that deteriorate and the bulk of relationships that uh, erode are not because of uh, intimacy, not because of finances, it's because of communication issues. Where this person thinks this person said this or they think they mean this when they say it, and then it just unravels from there. So we got to be able to, to bounce those thoughts off because our perspectives can be filtered by only what we see. And the Bible reveals that truth to us. When Paul was writing to the believers in Corinth, he was encouraging them that in this moment in their lives, they don't have it all figured out. How many of you guys can recognize in this life right now, at this stage of your life, you don't have it all figured out? I know that's difficult at times to admit, but we don't have it all figured out, right? We don't have all the answers. You know, you could spend a couple hours with me and Terry or Clayton uh, on the golf course, and you could figure out we don't have it all figured out, right? You could, you, you could play music with me, and you could realize, yeah, there's some things he misses sometimes. He's not always right, right there, right? You could have a conversation with me, and at times I'll, I'll say or do things. And, and so all of us have moments like that, right? Uh, I can imagine if I walked behind Joseph when he was mopping the floor on Thursday, and I'd say, Joseph, you missed a spot. You know, uh, I, I could probably find a spot if I wanted to be that way because he's, he hasn't got it all figured out. Now, he's pretty close, but he hasn't got it all figured out. 
All of us are that way, right? None of us have it all figured out. We don't understand everything in life. And there's a reason why we don't do that, because we can't contain it all. It's impossible for us in our finite minds, in our earthly wisdom right now, to even comprehend everything that God has for us in this life. We can't comprehend everything that God is doing. We can't understand everything that God is saying. We're incapable of doing it, which is why Paul was trying to encourage the believers in Corinth when he says, for now we see in a mirror dimly or a mirror indirectly, right? We don't see fully into what is going on with clarity. But then when when Christ comes, we will see face to face. Now we may know things in part. We may may have a, a vague understanding of things, but then we will know fully just as we have been fully known, right? Because God knows our hearts. God knows everything that we're going through. God knows the world because he created the universe. But we don't see everything right now. And so if we trust our senses, if we trust our perspectives, if we trust only what we think is going on, then we're in a very dangerous place because we don't have it all figured out. And so we have to have an anchor point. We have to have an anchor point where we can cling to something greater than ourselves. And God's word offers us that truth. The word of God gives us that stability to cling to him. Now, some may even say, you know what, I, I, I love God. Me and God have a great relationship, um, but I don't always hold to the Bible as, as the authority in my life because it was, you know, it was written so long ago, and it was written um, you know, and, and, and put together by individuals. And so you know, how do I even know that it's, that it's true or it's real? The dangerous part of that thinking is that w- we will find ourselves very quickly in a situation where if we have no authority in our lives, then we become the authority on what is right and wrong. And the reason that Bible, the Bible is so fundamental and so important in our lives is because it doesn't change. It doesn't waver back and forth. It isn't tossed back and forth. It stays and it remains. And if you read it the way that the authors intended you to read it, you will see that this book has been inspired and breathed by the breath of God into into the writers to write it so that we could be for our good, for our learning. It may not have been written to us, and so we need to read it that way, right? When they're writing to the churches in Corinth, we don't have a, I mean, we don't have an idea what was going on in Corinth. We could could read history books. We we could kind of get, you know, an idea of the lay of the land, what was going on with all the different you know, idols and, and work, temples of worship that was going on in that culture and the, and the different hedonistic things that were happening. We could get an idea by reading history books, but we really don't know because we weren't there. And so when, when they write things, we have to know that what are they talking about, but also how can, how can we connect this to our lives? I think whether we're in Corinth or, or the oceanfront of Virginia Beach, we can still recognize that we don't see things all the way clear sometimes. We don't have it all figured out sometimes. We, we don't know things fully as to why they happen the way that they happen. But we know that God does. And that there will come a time where he will reveal those things to us. And so that's why we have to cling to him because he is all-knowing. We are not. He is all-powerful. We are not. He is everywhere at all times, but we are not. And he is actively working things out in our lives. And so we need to recognize that we don't see things clearly. So we have a choice to make because of that. If I don't see things clearly, if I don't always, uh, if I can't always trust my senses, if I can't always uh, believe what I feel, and I can't always go off those feelings, I've got to anchor it to something. What do I have to do? Because how do I even know the Bible's real or it's true, right? I mean, because people often use the Bible to affirm the Bible's validity, and that seems like a logical fallacy sometimes, doesn't it? 
where it's like, you should read the Bible because the Bible says this. And they're like, huh? That can be difficult, right? And so above all else, we have to make a decision. And no one's forcing us to make this decision. But you have to make your decisions, and then you have to look at the fruit of those decisions. What is the fruit of a life that is committed and anchored on the Word of God? And what is the fruit of a life who does whatever is right in its own eyes? What is the fruit of that? What is the fruit of taking and leaving things that you want from the Bible or, or just surrendering your life in an intrinsic way to the truth of God? We have to choose today what we're going to do because ultimately Paul told the believers in Corinth that they live by faith, not by sight. And so as much as we instinctively are people of comfort, God wants us to be people of faith. To put our faith in him, to trust him, to know that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he will walk with us through every difficult time, and there will be difficult times. Jesus told his disciples that on this, in, on this earth you were going to have affliction, you were going to have hardship, you are going to have struggle, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so the there are going to be difficulties. There are going to be struggles and hardships in our lives. We cannot let ourselves be overwhelmed and overcome by obstacles. We have to trust the Lord. And so we have to be people of faith today. And not let what we see govern what is going on. But because sometimes our thoughts and our, our mind will deceive us, won't it? But God's Word never returns void. We can rejoice in that today. So I want you to think about that for a moment as we get ready to, to pray and break bread together and to just come and give our thanks to the Lord. Lord, we thank you today that you can look into our hearts and you can recognize the broken places, all the flawed moments, every situation, God, that doesn't bring you glory and honor. But yet you still love us and you still desire relationship with us. And so, God, I pray today that you would continue to humble our hearts today. Lord, that we have sinned against you Lord, the way that we speak, even in the things. And so, God, I pray today that you would continue to help us, Lord. But sometimes we haven't loved you with our entire heart. Sometimes we've wavered. Sometimes we have given in to our desires and our flesh, God. And for that, we are truly sorry, God, and we humbly repent. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to have mercy on us and be faithful, God, in your great mercy. You promise forgiveness to all those who sincerely repent with true faith and turn to you. And so, God, I pray that you would continue to do that. You'd continue to pardon and deliver us, that you'd continue to confirm and strengthen us, and you'd continue to move in our lives. Lord, we thank you today that we have access to you. We have access to be able to come here and celebrate the memorial of our redemption, to celebrate the forgiveness of sins that we've received, to do this in remembrance of you. And so, Lord, we pray today 
as you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we don't presume to come down here in our own righteousness, thinking that we are worthy. Lord, we're not worthy. We are unworthy, Lord, to even eat the crumbs under your table. But you are a God of mercy. You are a God of grace. And Lord, you make a way for us. You have made a way. You have prepared a table for us, God. And when you broke the bread with your disciples, you said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, as we are sustained and fed by the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation here on this earth, Lord, we know that eternally in heaven, all those around your throne are sustained and glorified because of your sacrifice. And so we are united today and surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses as we continue the feast, as we continue the celebration, God, that you have called us to do in remembrance of you. And so, God, we thank you today for that. And we pray that you would continue to grant us the grace to do your will, God, that you'd sanctify these elements, God, and you'd sanctify us to accomplish your purposes, God. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you today for all that you've done, Lord. We thank you for these gifts, the gifts of God for the people of God, that you'd continue to move in our lives and that you'd be present, Lord, as you were the night you were present with your disciples in the breaking of our bread, and may you be glorified today. We love you, Lord. Amen. Would you come? Let's partake together. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God, and everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you, guys. Take care.